Greetings, welcome, bienvenidos, hola, aloha, ni hao, namaste, konnichiwa, bonjour, bonjourno, sawadee karab, guten tak, jiao, weevee, vakat bang, half a day, jai jinendra, salam, shalom, peace, now, go vegan, peace how, go vegan, from the new right left coast of the genetically mutated McNugget Pharmaceutical Vivisection Prison Killitary Industrial Corporation in the cheese-covered, post-constitutional, bankster-bankrupt, corruptocracy-mocracy, criminocracy, unchallenged by meteocracy, foodborne in the NSA, NRA, CIA, USA, home of Uncle Sam. Manila, where they sure do eat a lot of dead animal body parts, and the Wall Street-backed corporate diet of death, disease, and destruction is shoved down your throat. This is Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, sponsored today by Health IQ, an insurance company that helps health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, weightlifters, yoga practitioners, and yes, vegans get lower rates on their life insurance go to healthiq.com slash gvr to see if you qualify again that's healthiq.com slash gvr as in go vegan radio well uh we had hoped to have wayne shung back uh, this week for part two with professor gary francione to follow up on um our last program, our discussion there. I invited uh, Wayne back to the show because I was basically flabbergasted by what I heard uh, during that episode. Uh, We couldn't quite get the scheduling together this week, Professor Francione heading off to the UK. So um, I'm sure we'll have a few words together when I talk to Gary later in the program about uh, his discussion with Wayne. Uh, It was really a fascinating show. Uh, It's archived. You can check it out. Uh, Really uh, fascinating because, uh, and and an excellent discussion, primarily because I I wasn't involved. I didn't hear me too much in in my show uh, last week. I stayed out of it, and apparently that makes things fairly interesting when I do that. Um, So anyway, uh, we delayed... uh, the production of this podcast for a few days, trying to see if we could uh, get the schedule to work out where Gary and Wayne could be on this week's show, but um, couldn't happen, so we'll do that again in the very near future. Uh, Coming up on today's show, we will talk to Eric Weissman of Evolution, Vegan Dog and Cat Food about a horrifying story that was just uh, on a TV station in Washington, D.C. a few days ago about the uh, euthanizing drug, um, pentobarbital, um, being found in dog food. So stay with me on that. And uh, what else? What else? So, uh, oh, I guess, um, oh, and and then later on, I I will be talking to Professor Francione about uh, sexism in the animal rights movement. And... uh, an appropriate topic considering and we haven't really uh, discussed uh, since everything happened uh, we haven't really discussed the obscene perverted 
Humane Society of the United States, so shall we? Uh, shall we, shall we, shall we? So it took uh, a salsa dancing masturbation fetish to dethrone Wayne Pacelli and Paul Shapiro dancing, that's Paul Shapiro dancing and prancing uh, in his underwear in front of employees, singing his tune about wanting to have sex with as many women as possible. Um, that was his demise. Uh, well, hallelujah. Good riddance. Uh, sexual misconduct in the workplace and anywhere else is unacceptable. So, uh, okay, you guys, don't don't trip on, uh, you know, don't don't trip on the donor cash bulging in the pockets of your pants, which apparently are dropped around your ankles. Uh, uh, on, on your way out the door, don't trip. Just get out the door. Um, so, but my question is, why didn't their actions against animals get them the humane leather boot long ago? Uh, Politico lauds Shapiro's greatest accomplishment uh, to be McDonald's promise to shift to the cruelty and mass murder of cage-free eggs in a decade. Um, so that elevated Mickey D's to heroic status in the animal rights movement. Yay, McDonald's for a promise to be uh, cruel and kill everyone in sight in 10 years, and that was Paul Shapiro's greatest accomplishment. Huh? The Humane Society of the United States has been perv it's been a perverted obscenity long before recent exposure, and uh, it had nothing to do with the treatment of women, unlike sexism and racism, homophobia, etc. Human speciesist uh, or uh, human supremacist speciesism uh, remains mm, such acceptable oppression that, uh, well, female exploitation isn't even considered uh, intolerable in that. In fact, uh, it's uh, considered delicious. Huh? Um, why should it come as a surprise to you that a corporation whose foundation and revenues are based in abuse of animals and deception about it would have an abusive work environment. Uh, when sexual misconduct allegations were surfacing against Shapiro, he transferred jobs at HSUS with Pacelli, uh, Pacelli's blessing, like a, like a pedophile priest moving to a new church. Uh, why wasn't it the policies of this corrupt organization related to animals that would lead to the collapse of the Humane Society of the United States leadership? Well, apparently, human supremacist speciesism runs rampant even among vegans, even among animal advocates and uh, sponsoring vegan companies who should all know better. Hmm? So, I mean, would you ever find any of what HSUS advocates for animals suitable goals for your daughter or your son to endure or um, someone who is, uh, well, insert the uh, race, ethnicity, or religion of your choice here? Um, of course not, huh? But they are only animals, so 
torture away, imprison away, stab away, and yes, rape away. And this warped movement, this warped animal, so-called animal rights movement, will condone away, 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 away. Uh, so rape is never acceptable, never acceptable, right? Except, well, you know, when she is only an animal, right? I mean, every dairy product starts with rape, well, followed by kidnapping. Um, every glass of cow's milk, slice of cheese, pat of butter, lick of ice cream, a cup of yogurt is the product of rape. Uh, so literally, so, I mean, it, it is literal because the device upon which uh, the dirty deed is done is literally called a rape rack by the dairy industry. Uh, some may have found Pacelli's masturbation proclivities perverted, but uh, how is semen obtained for use in the forced artificial insemination rape of cows, huh? All right, well, perhaps Pacelli's uh, good friends and partners in animal exploitation may be at one of the many HSUS state agriculture councils. Can get him a job now, now that he's unemployed. Maybe he can get a job uh, jerking off pigs, huh? Uh, Joe Maxwell, the uh, the guy Pacelli made a vice president at HSUS who killed over 50,000 animals annually. Um, and ironically, uh, getting cited for humane violations by the USDA. Um, I mean, Joe Maxwell owes Wayne uh, a big one, you know, considering the higher profits he bragged he uh, pocketed uh, by labeling his pig flesh humane. Um, have you ever heard uh, mother cows wailing for their crying, terrified babies, you know, when their children are kidnapped just after birth to become guilt-free, humane veal or the uh, grass-fed beef HSUS pedals? Well, don't worry. They are only animals. Uh, he's not a mother. He is uh, not a baby. They're only animals. They're things. Um, there's a famous uh, Theodore Adorno quote, Theodore Adorno quote, uh, which is, Auschwitz begins whenever someone looks at a slaughterhouse and thinks they're only animals. Isaac Beshevis Singer also has a famous quote. Human beings see oppression vividly when they are the victims. Otherwise, they victimize blindly and without thought. Why have HSUS supporters over the years been so willing to victimize animals? Why would anyone believe that HSUS is an animal protection organization in the first place? Paul Shapiro, the former, now he's former HSUS, vice president of farm animal protection, did not save one animal from torture and murder in his uh, major campaigns for cage-free eggs and furnished battery cages. 
Just because HSUS says it's an animal protection organization doesn't make it so. Um, you have allowed yourself to be duped without examining the policies so detrimental to animals from this uh, self-appointed animal advocacy group of super-duper-dupers, a butcher organization pretending to be an animal protection organization, and everybody's going for it, huh? They have duped you, and they've duped millions of others. Don't, so don't, don't feel alone. Um, it's actually their job to dupe. Uh, they... Uh, Basically, they pluck at your heartstrings while uh, while they're out back plucking chickens at the same time. Uh, they tell you the chickens can uh, engage in natural behaviors in battery cages. They tell you that cage-free eggs and guilt-free veal and crate-free pork are the prevention of cruelty to farm animals, as all the animals are tortured, imprisoned, and murdered. Deception at HSUS begins with its name. People think that they are donating to their local shelters when uh, writing checks to the Humane Society of the United States, which doesn't run shelters, it just runs those tear-jerking ads in the middle of the night uh, to make you think it does run shelters and to make you uh, think writing a check to it actually helps animals when it doesn't. HSUS policies of money over morality have proven quite lucrative as it sits with $200 million in the bank and over $130 million in annual donations, none of it going toward vegan advocacy, which the animals, environment, and people so desperately need. Um, and it's never enough. It's never enough for these robber barons who... Uh, uh, what could they do with $200 million in the bank and $130 million a year? They could easily finance birth prevention of countless dogs and cats, uh, if it even wanted to do that. But HSUS doesn't even oppose breeding. It says, buy from a responsible breeder whoever that is. HSUS has even hijacked uh, companies that vegans would think would be allies to them and to the animals, but uh, have fallen under the spell of these animal betrayal specialists. Uh, um, you know, there was tragic irony in Tofurky's support of HSUS at the very same moment that uh, the Pacelli Shapiro regime was marketing humane turkey cadavers uh, to the public for Thanksgiving. <sighs> Imagine if Tofurky put those hundreds of thousands of dollars, unfortunately, some of them mine as a customer, um, uh, if, if Tofurky would have put those hundreds of thousands of dollars into vegan advocacy and... Uh, a national campaign to f feed the homeless a tofurkey feast on Thanksgiving and uh, tofurkey sandwiches throughout the week when not Thanksgiving. Instead, our dollars went into the deep pockets of a rancher advocacy charity. Um, all the money that I... All the, all the tofurkey products that I, I bought, I, I really liked that Italian sausage and in tomato sauce and pasta, and I like the deli slices. 
So I've been a major customer of Tofurky over the years, and it's a little sad for me to feel that my my dollars went into the pockets of a rancher advocacy organization like HSUS. Uh, you know, but Paselli and Shapiro were you know very convincing. They're very convincing in their con act. So, uh, but I mean, Tofurky may as well have been giving money to to Butterball. You know, I mean, same thing. Um, and so too we have with the corruption of Dr. Bronner's soaps, which I also used to buy uh, before it bought into the animal welfare HSUS style, meaning uh, torture and murder of all animals, um, and uh, you know, tor- but torture and murder that's good for them. Uh, you know, as long as we approve of it, uh, you know, so, so, you know, uh, uh, turn, it turned David Bronner, you know, of, of Bronner's soaps, it turned him into a vegan for animal killing, and it doesn't even really realize it, huh, so, uh, and, uh, as I recall, uh, David Bronner was quick to uh, drop his uh, company's support for Impossible Burger upon learning that a strange new protein was created um, in its genetic engineering. But tell Bronner that the animal charity he supports condones rape, kidnapping, mutilation, confinement, and death for everyone for whom it supposedly advocates, and Bronner doesn't want to hear it. Huh? Uh, he allows his soaps to humane wash the uh, cruelty, the pain, the suffering, and the killing. Doesn't really, you know, doesn't matter. They're only animals, right? HSUS uh, can do no wrong uh, when it comes to animals, even though it does everything wrong when it comes to animals. The Humane Society of the United States has built a fortune on deceit and deception, the cruelty, torture, and mass murder that are cage-free eggs, guilt-free veal, and crate-free pork are sold to the public as, now, the Prevention of Cruelty to Farm Animals Act that we have in California with uh, people uh, gathering signatures for this hoax. You know, it's uh, this is the sequel to California's disastrous Proposition 2 that uh, falsely and, and it was even in, in New York Times articles uh, proclaimed how great chickens have it in California um, and, you know, how great it is. You know, once, once you say how great the chickens have it in California, um, then apparently it's uh, great to eat their bodies and their eggs because they, they have such a great life uh, despite uh, nobody really knowing what Prop 2 meant and nobody taking any action other than well, there's a big egg company here, J.S. West, interpreted uh, Prop 2 to mean enriched battery cages uh, are okay. So, I mean, why not? I mean, those uh, battery cages were um, the endorsed form of torture for which HSUS campaigned when it led a coalition of animal groups, supposed animal groups like Mercy for Animals, Farm Sanctuary, In Defense of Animals, and Farm, 
Nussbaum included in that, uh, all reversing long-standing uh, opposition to such battery cages. And then they joined in a partnership with United Egg Producers um, to, you know, to to support the, the egg industry uh, in what it wanted. It wanted those battery cages, and um, you know, all those groups did an about face and. Uh, you know, they put their smiley face animal rights seal of approval on uh, on that. HSUS and its groupie groups normalize violence and killing of animals to the point where um, their annihilation is is considered a victory. You know, their their tormentors are celebrated as the good guys. You know, why is there not a peep? out of HSUS about every male chick being ground alive just after birth, every female mutilated, harshly confined, and murdered. In essence, torture and murder for all, with not one bird rescued from uh, the uh, pain and killing huh? in, in, in cage-free eggs. This is what is being sold to the public as the prevention of cruelty to Farm Animals Act. Hmm? So, uh, let's see, a guest on my radio show recently, well, it's Wayne Shun, <laughs> um, said that he recently met with Josh Balk, the Humane Society of the United States corporate egg salesman who uh, traded jobs with Paul Shapiro when the latter was uh, demoted or promoted or, or whatever uh, it was uh, Balk said that HSUS actually keeps its true motives secret and that it utilizes strategic communication. Well, that's such a nice term for lies. Um, remember when HSUS was collecting donations to ban barren battery cages? Um, that, though, that's an exact quote there. Well, you thought you were banning the battery cages, right? No, you were bearing, uh, you were banning that they were barren, which, uh, you know, was, uh, basically solved by throwing a stick in the cage, calling it a perch, and some wood shavings, and calling them, you know, a, a bath or a scratching area or whatever, um... And then, uh, we were then, uh, as we are now, subjected to more HSUS strategic communication. That hens in those battery cages and hens in cage-free egg production can engage in natural behaviors. Another great victory, meaning that they can choke in the stench of an ammonia cloud and they can uh, rip each other to death in... Uh, armies of psychological despair. Uh, that's the natural uh, behavior in which they can engage, for which we are collecting signatures. Yay! Uh, now, isn't a toxic atmosphere for females uh, that leads to psychological despair and trauma for all, uh, for all females subjected to it, unacceptable? Huh? Well, I mean, I know, it sounds like the HSUS work environment. Yet, when HSUS and Farm Sanctuary opposed, and, and the other groups, opposed enriched battery cages, their websites and... Uh, their websites said that the psychological and physiological welfare of the birds 
was unacceptable. And then, of course, it was unacceptable until they reversed positions, joined the chicken slayers, and campaigned for the unacceptable uh, with not a peep from anyone in management, uh, no one on the board, not a peep, not a peep from the HSUS board, not a peep from Tofurky, not a peep from Dr. Bronner's. Of course, you're, you're getting a peep from Daisy here now, of course. Not a peep from Dr. Bronner's, you know, of course, because why? They are only animals and we are human supremacist speciesists. Right, Daisy? Not a peep. Not a peep, not a bark. Not not a word. Okay. So, um, I suppose the animals must have been praying to God for a miracle. The animals had to be praying to God for a miracle. Who who would save them, given, you know, the, the widespread acceptance of, of a butcher group uh, be, being accepted as the leading animal protection organization? The animals must have been praying to God for a miracle. The, the same God, by the way, that HSUS Faith Outreach tells us, put animals on earth for humans to eat. Ooh, that's, that's another rough one to take, huh? Um, but uh, that was reported in the Washington Post, yes. So imagine what the animals must have been. The animals must have been praying, Dear God, what's it going to take for you to protect us from HSUS? A Wayne Pacelli salsa dancing masturbation fetish? I mean, let us pray. Uh, there were also accusations of career advancement in exchange for sexual favors at HSUS. Still, the board voted to keep Pacelli continuing its policy of money over morality. And then when Pacelli decided to quit to devote uh, more time to masturbation, uh, HSUS uh, Central Casting said, Quick, where can we find a, a woman named Kitty who can act as CEO? Um, that'll shut everyone up, right? You know, calm things down and we can uh, get back to our, our business of, uh, you know, our, our financial mission. We can get back to collecting donations. So, introducing Kitty Block. Uh, meet the new boss. Same as the old boss. Um, did Kitty support the legislation that HSUS proposed in California that uh, kittens... Uh, should be put to death immediately upon arrival at California shelters with no waiting time, and that kittens and puppies in California shelters um, should be sold to vivisectors? Uh, did Kitty Block uh, support that for kitties? Uh, okay, we euthanized the dogs over here, and uh, the 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 cats here on the kitty block um so kitty block the new acting ceo has been with hsus since 1992 uh, did she know of hsus toxic environment of sexual harassment during her 28 year tenure um now apparently over a year and a half ago um uh, year and a half ago or so, a high-ranking HSUS-affiliated animal farmer uh, in the organization's Nebraska Agriculture Council, uh, Kevin Fulton, uh, went public on Facebook 
detailing Shapiro's sexual misconduct and Pacelli's reluctance to act upon it. Um, and I guess the thinking was, well, he's only an animal killer, so nobody paid attention to the messenger. Uh, could Kitty Block uh, not have known? Um, and uh, this, is, this is all like Watergate, huh? What did you know and when did you know it? What did Josh Balk know um, of the uh, per pervasive misconduct and uh, when did he know it? Louis Bollard worked at the Humane Society of the United States with Wayne Pacelli before he joined the horrendous Open Philanthropy Project. Now, talk about somebody doing damage to animals, huh? Uh, the Open Philanthropy Project uh, uh, distributes millions of dollars um, to groups like the Humane Society of the United States and Mercy for Animals and the Humane League, Animal Equality, Compassion in World Farming, and others for the sole purpose of selling the public cage-free eggs. And uh, that's the workmanship of Lewis Bollard, who uh, uh, left HSUS and went to the Open Philanthropy Project. Uh, did Lewis Bollard know anything about the misconduct at HSUS? And by the way, they sell the public uh, cage-free eggs as, as, as if they are a victory. Um, you know, when, whenever a corporation or university promises uh, to, uh, to use cage-free eggs, it's, it's a victory. We're all applauding. Uh, but again, not a peep. Not a peep that not one bird escapes uh, torture and murder. Another victory for the human supremacist speciesists and uh, they're only animals. Pacelli, when resigning, said that Kitty Block is a fitting replacement and a fabulous advocate for animal rights. Uh, this should serve as a chilling warning to every animal advocate and a reminder of what a menace HSUS is to animals. In fact, uh, prior to the uh, new position, Ms. Block served as president of Humane Society International, another HSUS department willing to put animals on the chopping block. HSI is a partner in um, an international livestock federation whose mission is to meet a 70% increase in demand for livestock products by 2050 which cannot be done without, uh, what's it called? Strategic communication to the public that uh, tortured animals have happy, carefree lives and enjoy their humane slaughter. So I don't know if uh, Ms. Block is vegan, as Puselli and Shapiro claim to be, or uh, as Gene as Bauer of Farm Sanctuary uh, John Mackey of Whole Foods and Alex Hershaft of the Animal Rights Conference uh, say they are. But uh, we uh, sure do need fewer vegans who are, you know, meat, dairy, egg, and fish industry innovators and more vegans for veganism. Uh, 
without this, I mean, the movement is uh, abusive by definition. And so when abuse occurs of humans or other animals, it should come as no surprise. Hypocrisy is uh, a poor foundation for a moral movement, however effective or lucrative strategic, strategic communication may be. Um, in uh, an introductory video, Ms. Block promised transparency. Well, will we finally uh, hear the truth about the horrors of cage-free eggs, the uh, reality of grass-fed beef, the torture and death in clean meat, the cruelty of the Prevention of Cruelty to Farm Animals Act? Uh, I'm not optimistic uh, for animals when the uh, leader of the leading animal protection organization intends to lead us to higher sales in so-called livestock products and greater profits for industry, as her predecessor boasted uh, uh, to be the result from uh, HSUS uh, animal welfare policies. Uh, yes, uh, that's, that's another victory that uh, those who torture and kill animals get greater profits um, if uh, they enact uh, the HSUS animal welfare policies, uh, Ms. Block lists among her greatest accomplishments dolphin-safe tuna products. Um, and here I am caring about the tuna. I don't just want dolphin-safe tuna products. I want tuna-safe tuna products, too. Um, so it looks to me like it will be business as usual, abusive human supremacist speciesism rampant in the workplace. Um, the animals only get the respect they deserve through vegan education and advocacy, uh, calling on people to stop eating them, wearing them, and using them. Um, I mean, so I think right now, I mean, this could be our, our learning moment, right? Um, this could be a wake-up call. It's time to reject corporations that masquerade as a caring animal rights movement and animal charities um, you know with their policies of betraying uh, you know uh, you know betraying the animals and and therefore making us the tools of exploitation and abuse the people out there collecting signatures for the um, Prevention of Cruelty to Farm Animals Act. Uh, all with good intentions, all being made into tools of exploitation and abuse. Uh, there's currently no discernible difference between the animal rights movement and professional butchers. And this does have to change, right? Let's be a real animal rights movement. Let's, uh, let's talk vegan, huh? Let's talk vegan. Okay, so um, this is Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. Inexplicably, we have been broadcasting now for 17 years, um, and uh, we are listener-supported. And we've, uh, you know, in, in addition to our weekly podcast, we now have Radio Bobby, a 24-7 
uh, music station that you will love. Go to RadioBobby.com. You will never be interrupted uh, by uh, <laughs> by the products uh, endorsed by the Humane Society of the United States and, and animal charities. So, uh, n- n- never a commercial for meat, dairy, fish, and eggs. Uh, or, you know, fur, wool, leather, feathers, silk, uh, any use of animals. You uh, won't hear any of that at Radio Bobby. Um, And uh, with Valentine's Day coming up, uh, Radio Bobby is the perfect soundtrack. It's It's all about love, love of music, love of animals. And by the way, if you are looking for love in all the wrong places... Uh, Radio Bobby, uh, as you hear, if you listen, suggests that you look in the right place and adopt from an animal shelter. Quick, before HSUS legislation does them in. Uh, that's, you know, that's where love is uh, guaranteed. So, um, and also coming up on today's show, coming up we will talk to Eric Weissman of Evolution, Vegan Dog and Cat Food. I want to get his reaction to the story that was just on a Washington, D.C. TV station about uh, euthanasia drug that's turning up in dog food. Um, And also, as I said, we will talk uh, with uh, Professor Gary Francione later in the show about uh, a history of sexism in the animal rights movement. You can support our show with a tax-deductible donation Go to GoVeganRadio.com. You will find the Donate button there and also information on how you can support us through Patreon. There are over 600 programs archived at GoVeganRadio.com. Oh, I also, I never mentioned, I, I, I never mentioned, we do have a YouTube channel and there is a lot of great uh, material there. Why do I why do I forget to mention that? Uh, you know, because I'm uh, re- reluctant. You know, <laughs> just uh, re- reluctant to, to 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 push myself here. You know what I mean? It's like self promotion. Um, but anyway, it's uh, youtubecom slash radio youtubecom slash radio
This is Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com on Facebook, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, Twitter at Go Vegan Radio uh, for your musical enjoyment. It's Radio Bobby, Radio B-O-B-B-Y dot com. And we do have the YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Go Vegan Radio. We would like to ask you to support your local vegan restaurants, very special places in the community. They are like the rescue missions. You know, we all have to go vegan uh, for the animals. We have to go vegan for our health. And we have to go vegan for the environment. Since animal agriculture is the number one cause of climate change, responsible for at least 51% of human-generated greenhouse gas emissions, and we are told by the world's top climate specialists that the only solution for climate change is a massive population shift to vegan. It's uh, not an alternative energy infrastructure because that would take 20 years and $35 trillion. No matter what the environmental groups tell you, the anti-environment environmental groups who don't tell you anything about going vegan and the only solution for climate change before it's too late. And so... uh, uh, we don't have to depend upon politicians and governments to uh, to do anything for us uh, with uh, climate change. We have to do it ourselves. And that just means you have to go vegan and encourage everybody else to go vegan too. And it's not hard once people get into the food because vegans are foodies. We are. We, we love our food. And... Um, you know, just check out what's at your local vegan restaurant if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, the San Jose area. We have one of the best. It's a vegetarian house. It's 100% vegan at 520 East Santa Clara Street in San Jose. You can check out the menu at vegetarianhouse.us and you will see the variety of foods that we have. It's a, it's a massive menu. It's all just so delicious. And uh, one of my favorite restaurants everywhere. Uh, any One of my Yes, one of my favorite restaurants everywhere and anywhere. Um, And uh, you'll love it. Vegetarian House also caters. So if you have an event coming up, social event, business event, you need the food to be great, vegetarianhouse.us. And if you want to support a hot and sexy vegan fashion line, go to sonusdenim.com. Sonus Denim, Sonus, how do we spell Sonus? S is in strawberry, O is in orange, N is in nut, A is in apple, S as in strawberry. So uh, Sonus is kind of like a fruit salad. Sonusdenim.com and uh, the jeans are made with, uh, uniquely made with 50 patches of denim here in sunny, uh, drought-stricken, uh, wildfire-ravaged California. Uh, great looking uh, denim, great feeling for men and women, and yoga pants too. Go to sonasdenim.com, S O N A S denim.com, and visit possumswelcome.org to learn about an animal sanctuary in the making. This nonprofit is seeking coastal land for a farm animal sanctuary with the vision including a vegan cafe, a five room B&B, weekly seminars on being vegan, veganic farming, cooking, yoga, etc. So, uh, Help make the dream come true. Visit possumswelcome.org.
It's Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. Listener supported. You can make a tax-deductible donation at GoVeganRadio.com to support our work uh, in media and uh, strategic communication here. And also uh, the special events that we do. I'm really I'm working on something now. Again, I don't know. Why do I get myself into these things? Because I think there's a need and necessity, so I'm not even going to mention right now what it is, but I'm working on something that could be a major event. Hopefully we'll talk about it soon, but right now I'm talking to uh, <sighs> talking to the Parks Department in Los Angeles and, we'll, and San Diego. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I shouldn't, shouldn't mention anything. Okay, so coming up next, an Im- important story about uh, the uh, euthanizing drug that's turning up in dog food. Eric Weissman of Evolution Vegan Dog and Cat Food will talk to us about it next. on Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com. Remember, we are listener-supported. You can make a tax-deductible donation at GoVeganRadio.com and support us through Patreon. And you can also find us on Facebook, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. And uh, there is the YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash GoVeganRadio. And for your musical enjoyment, Radio Bobby, Radio B-O-B-B-Y, Com and on Twitter, we're at Go Vegan Radio. So there was a really disturbing story uh, that was on a TV station, WJLA in Washington, D.C., a few days ago. Uh, this is uh, the, the nightmare that uh, none of us would ever want to experience. The headline is FDA to investigate after ABC7 exposes euthanasia drug in dog food so let us uh, look at this article here or the um, the story that was on the TV station here and so it starts off saying uh, New Year's Eve 2016 was no celebration for Nikki uh, Mael and her family uh, the quote is nobody should ever have to go through what we went through uh, nobody not that I mean I would give anything to see Tallulah again. Uh, so what happened? Huh? Well, within minutes of sharing a can of Avengers pet food among her five dogs, uh, she was uh, she was uh, racing the lifeless animals to the emergency vet. Quoting again, they were falling over, they were running into the walls, they were convulsing. Um, the vets uh, told her that they weren't sure what was going on, but that things didn't look good. Hours later, devastating news. They said Tallulah wasn't going to make it. Um, and there she was, choking back her tears. Uh, desperate for answers, the family sent the remainder of the food to a specialized lab and drove Tallulah's lifeless body to a veterinary pathologist for a post-mortem examination. Uh, 
poisoning from the dog food. That's what killed her, said Mal. Uh, but it wasn't uh, just any poison. It was pentobarbital, a um, lethal drug most commonly used, and I'm, I'm quoting right here from, from this story in case you're, wasn't a, was it obvious here, still going through the WJLA uh, TV story. So it says, a lethal drug most commonly used to euthanize dogs, cats, and some horses. The deadly toxin is never permitted to kill animals that are part of the food supply and would violate federal law if it was. Quote here, Pet food violates federal law is openly allowed by the FDA to violate uh, federal law. A billion dollar a year companies are making profits selling illegal adulterated products to unknowing consumers in the U.S. every day, said Susan Thixton, a pet food consumer advocate who's been studying and writing about the pet food industry for decades. Consumers have no information, said Thixton. A consumer has to become a private detective to learn what, uh, what's really in their food. Uh, so WJLA says, we decided to find out. We partnered with Ellipse Analytics, a lab that specializes in testing food for contaminants. Quote, I think you have a duty to understand what you are selling to human beings and pets, and I think that the obligation is on you to understand what it is and what it is what, what is and what is not in your product, said lab founder Kevin Hicks. So it says here we tested 62 samples of wet dog food. Um, and across more than two dozen brands for the, uh, let's see, so we tested 62 samples of wet dog food across more than two dozen brands for the euthanasia drug, uh, pentobarbital. Uh, after months of tests and retests, one brand especially came back positive for pentobarbital. In total, we tested 15 cans of gravy train, 9 cans, 60% of the sample were positive for pentobarbital. And while the levels detected were not lethal under federal law, they are also not permitted at any concentration. Gravy Train is made by Big Heart Pet Foods and owned by Smuckers. According to Nielsen data, it accounts for more than $40 million of the company's annual revenue. Big Heart Brands is also the maker of Meow Mix, Milk Bone, Kibbles and Bits, Nine Lives, Natural Balance, Pepperoni, Gravy Train, Nature's Recipe, Canine Carryouts, uh, Milo's Kitchen, Alley Cat, Jerky Treats, Meaty Bone, and uh, Pounce, uh, and Snossages. Uh, the Big Heart website touts high-quality food uh, that meets uh, rigorous evaluation and testing requirements. 
So, how is pentobarbital, a drug not allowed to be used on animals intended for food, getting into the food? Quote, it comes from euthanasia of animals using that euthanasia's drug, said Dr. Nicholas uh, Dodman, Chief Scientific Officer for the Center for Canine Behavior Studies and former director of the Animal Behavior Program at Tufts, Uni Tufts University, continuing to quote him, so these animals could be dogs, they could be cats, they could be horses, but how uh, is it getting into the pet food? If they say it doesn't come from dogs, cats, and horses, where does it come from? It doesn't come from outer space, end quote. Uh, Dodman says the level of pentobarbital in the food really is beside the point, continuing to quote him. Whether it's uh, doing something or nothing, what's it doing there? Where did it come from? If they don't like the explanation that it's coming from animals that have been euthanized, what is their explanation as to how it gets there? Asked Dodman. Uh, WJLA then says, we asked uh, that question of both the FDA and Smuckers as part of a request for an on-camera interview. Neither answered. Smuckers declined our request for an on-camera interview and declined to answer any of our questions we provided to them, uh, but gave us a statement which in part says, we launched and are conducting a thorough investigation, including working closely with our suppliers to determine the, accur the accuracy of these results and the methodology used. And uh, the quote from Smuckers, and then it says here, the FDA, uh, just a short distance from the WJLA studios, also declined repeated requests for an on-camera interview. Instead of speaking to us and answering our questions, they suggested we contact the Pet Food Institute, which is the trade organization that represents 98% of the pet food industry. We asked them to reconsider that responses to which uh, they replied that uh, it uh, will investigate the matter and take appropriate enforcement action. Uh, that, that's the quote from the FDA. It says, uh, one possibility as to how pentobarbital is getting into food, experts tell us animals that have been euthanized are uh, picked up by renderers who process the animals, which uh, they... Uh, may be blended into the pet food. In a 2004 report to Congress, sources for rendered materials were identified as, among other things, dead animals from farms, animals, shelters, and other facilities. Under federal law, these are adulterated ingredients, adulterated ingredients which are defined uh, partly as an animal which has died otherwise than by slaughter are illegal in all food for humans and animals. Yet in its own compliance policy, the FDA acknowledges it is violating the law and states, quote, pet food consisting of 
uh, material from diseased animals or animals which have died otherwise than slaughter, which uh, is in violation of 402A5, will be considered fit for animal consumption. So, uh, then a quote then from Thixton, the FDA tells industry, yeah, it's a violation of law, but go ahead, we're not going to do anything. This is very, very scary, and I want to get a reaction now from Eric Weissman of Evolution Vegan Dog and Cat Food, um, Eric, uh, you have been talking about uh, what's in commercial pet food for years, and it's it's really scary. And so, wh- what do you think about this story just coming out on this uh, TV station in Washington D.C. Uh, with the uh, euthanizing 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 drug being found in dog food now? This isn't new, Bob. Eric Wiseman here for Evolution Pet Food and other vegan pet food companies like Ami and Bonovo and V-Dog that are available in the U.S. I can tell you this. I I started getting into manufacturing vegan plant protein pet food for this very reason because the pet food industry is literally a criminal industry that gets away with, you know, literally a holocaust. You know, these poor animals like, you know, baby male chicks, uh, mother layer hens, but also kill shelter dogs and cats, kill kill shelter um, horses uh, are thrown in with the pet food mix every day all over the country and in Canada as well. And that's why I got into making vegan plant protein pet foods almost 30 years ago. And so, so the uh, euthanized dogs and cats and possibly horses are just mixed in with the with the so-called pet food, just mixed it, in, just part of a blend. Yes, exactly. Isn't that amazing? Now, uh, we, I've also heard in the past, and I thought maybe um, you know the, the the euthanized dogs and cats go into the feed. Of the animals who, you know, are ground up into the uh, uh, dog and cat food, also, uh, you know what I mean. The pet food, the pet food industry, is a part of the feed industry. So, you know, euthanized laboratory animals like dogs, cats, chimpanzees, rabbits, other rodents are routinely ground up for animal feed and pet food. I mean, that's how, that is how um, the food, pet food and animal feed become contaminated with pentophenobarbital. And, you know, what can you do about it? I mean, it's a criminal industry. The FDA acknowledges that it's a criminal industry. And it'll keep on happening because our politicians are bought and paid for that's what's happening. They they tell the FDA what to do, what to allow, and uh, that's allowed. We've actually followed the vehicles that pick up the killed animals in St. Paul right to the rendering plant for pet food 
in I'm talking about in St. Paul, Minnesota. So I know this is happening all over the place. So the kill shelters routinely send their animals to pet food and feed plants and pet food feed plants are 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 one, you know, they're actually one plant where they make pet food and animal feed at the same location. And the ingredient lists you see on the labels for pet food are only approximate. They're not definitive. Um, and again, that's why I got into making vegan plant protein pet foods. It's because well, well, this, this should really sound an alarm bell. I mean, you say that this has been going on forever, and yet uh, suddenly it's an expose on a Washington, D.C. TV station. So who knows how many uh, dogs and cats who eat commercial pet food have had similar experiences, and, and people just don't know what happened to them. I mean, this poor woman here and, and her, the, the poor dogs uh, in her family were uh, falling over, convulsing, running into the wall, collapsing. I mean, um, you know, and if they didn't do this investigation, uh, you know, yeah. what, what would yeah. they know about it? Exactly. They wouldn't know anything unless they investigated, you know, the food at a laboratory where they can actually define the ingredients that are in the pet food mm -hmm. and you know this happens all over the United States and Canada probably every day because there are 50 toxic recalls now every year of pet foods and pet treats made from animal products now evolution pet food which by the way is the only vegan plant protein pet food made in North America that's 100% complete protein for all life stages. All our products are 100% complete. It has never had one single toxic recall in its entire history of almost 30 years. And right now, today, there are 50 recalls per year in flesh-based pet foods and flesh-based treats that are being sold to the public. So it's really like playing Russian roulette when you're feeding your dog or cat flesh-based pet food. Because oh, you're really everybody's blaming the Russians on everything now. Come on, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, not this too. Come on. No, it's usually the Chinese. When the the Russians are tampering food. with our pet food. Is that what you're saying? Oh, it's like it's, they... uh, it's usually the Chinese. They're usually blaming the Chinese, you know, for putting, you know, dogs, cats, and melanin in the pet food. But the reality is. It's coming from the good old USA. You know, the city kill shelters are selling their, you know, their dogs, their cats, their rodents, their ferrets. They're going right to the feed industry to be ground up for pet food and for slaughter animal feed. It's it's really. And, uh, and you've witnessed it. That's what that's you know like you. you 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 have actually seen seen the I transportation seen it. of the yes world. yes i've seen it wow i've and, seen and, it and there's not a comment from the fda won't comment and uh, smuckers won't won't comment on this there you know that's a 
a little scary. It, it seems like there there's something being hidden here, and then we find out that uh, it's okay with the FDA to violate its own rules. Sure, don't take my word for it. Go to the city kill shelters yourself. Follow the trucks. Just follow the money trail. You'll see it. And, you know, it's all about money. That's all it's about. It's about cheap protein, cheap fat, cheap cartilage and bone tissue. You know, these poor dogs and cats that come from laboratories around the United States, chemical drug laboratories that are tested on, go to the pet food and slaughter animal feed industry. Let's, let's think about the paradigm here. The paradigm. The paradigm is to get humans and not their non-human companions as sick as possible so they'll go out and buy more chemical drugs. So, you know, if your dog or cat gets sick from eating pet food, well, good. You know, they take their dog or cat to the veterinarian and the veterinarian sells them more chemical drugs. And then... You know, that makes the chemical drug slaughter animal industry happy because they've sold more of their ingredients to the public. And that's how they become so rich, you know, hmm. the and, way they, and, they and, buy and, more bitcoins. <laughs> they, they're the only ones who can afford bitcoins right now, the, oh. the, the drug industry. All that gold and silver, yeah. Gold, silver, and bitcoin all go into the drug yeah. industry for making yeah. us sick. But but the, the point is also, it, it looks like, uh, so the, the euthanizing drugs are going directly to uh, the dogs and cats and their food, and somewhat indirectly through the food chain by going to the animals... Uh, whom uh, people who are not vegan are eating. Yeah. I mean, it isn't bad enough that the uh, GMO products aren't poisoning the humans and the dogs and cats enough. They want to throw more poison into the mix. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the, the animals uh, whom uh, people who are not vegan eat are fed GMOs all the time. So, I mean... Yeah, you know. yeah. GMOs and worse. Much worse. And, and like worse. The, yeah. Like the remnants of the laboratory animals and the kill shelter animals that are ground up for pet food that go into the slaughter animals and then go into the humans that consume the slaughter animal residuals, you know, like meat, poultry, fish, dairy, and eggs. Mm. There it is. It's yeah. the classic Ponzi scheme. Mm. The classic Ponzi scheme. Get the public as sick as you can. So they'll buy more chemical drugs from their doctors and veterinarians. That's and and how I'm getting sick just hearing you talk about it. So, you know, I mean, like it's it's, it's, well, kind, of, it's kind of sickening just just hearing this, you know, and uh, and the corruption is sickening. But it's but it's literally sickening. I mean, it's it's making us all sick. And, you know, what what do we know about it? What you know, it's like, uh, uh yeah, what would we think is making us sick? We wouldn't think that uh, it's uh, euthanized that we're we're eating dogs and cats, and you know, I mean, if you are, you are what you eat, right? So uh, you therefore are whom you eat, and whom you eat what he or she eats too. You know, I mean, so absolutely, you know, absolutely. and you know, if you love your dog. 
and you love your cat or cats and dogs, I urge you to consider that the best and safest way to feed your pets is a vegan plant protein diet. Now, you know, a lot of people don't realize that plants have proteins, but they do. Plants have a lot of protein, and because of the new technology, we can get all the proteins, all the available proteins, the essential proteins that dogs and cats need from plant matter. And there's no reason, no good reason, to use meat-based pet foods anymore. We've been working in the area of flavorings, you know, plant vegan flavorings for dogs and cats, you know, for almost 30 years. And I can assure you, we've got it down to where we can get the most finicky cats and dogs to go vegan just with our add-on flavorings or the in integrated flavorings we put on the pet foods right now. Well, Daisy, lo Daisy loves evolution, and she uh, she's she eats it every day. And some days she eats what I what I've prepared, what I've cooked, you know. And and then the very next day she won't want what I've made, you know. Like some days it's like this gourmet meal, and she she loves it. It could be. Uh, uh, yams and lentils and carrots and broccoli and uh, so she, she she loves that and she loves oatmeal she you know and, and then the next day it's like no nah, I don't want that but she will eat evolution every day so she's uh, she's she's very happy with the taste she's she she loves it okay and I know how old is Daisy now Bob Daisy could be uh, eight nine ten she's she's from a shelter she's uh, I've been with her now. Uh, for five years constantly, and so she's been vegan now for five years. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's it's and great. happy and healthy and full of energy and you know just uh -huh. you know, just the best, the love of my life, of course. So, uh, and uh, I I could imagine just you know the idea. I would just so totally freak out if I ever felt you know like had that experience that that woman had in the news story. I mean, you know. People love their dogs and cats, and uh, you know the idea that uh, the foods are contaminated, you know, on purpose. You know, I mean, like, who would imagine that uh, the euthanized euthanized animals are just thrown into the pet food mix, uh, including whatever's I guess is swept off the slaughterhouse floor? You know, I mean. Yeah, of course. You know, we're talking about you know. When you talk about lamb-based dog or cat food, you're talking about the the poor slaughter lambs that you know are born on slaughterhouse floors. That's what they call lamb in pet food, not the healthy lambs, you know, that grow up to have their coats, you know, sheared off their bodies. But the poor lambs that are born on slaughter floors, while their mothers are being cut open, you know, and butchered literally on the spot that's what they call lamb-based pet food it is amazing to me that people think this is a it's a necessity to feed slaughter animal ingredients and uh you know dogs cats roadkill etc to their you know beloved dogs and cats but that's the reality you know if you're and if you're feeding the bottom of the line like you know the uh, oh 
can, trying to cancerous tumors are ground into. Yeah, it. you know, it's yeah. like just everything. Uh, any any pro any any proteinaceous product or ingredient that can possibly be imagined is thrown into into pet foods. But the bottom of the line pet foods, you know, like uh, oh, I don't know, I I must be losing it. I hear I. I usually have the names right at hand, but you know, Kibbles um, Bits comes to mind, and uh, were, were they the ones that were mentioned in the uh, in, in the news story on the TV station? Yeah, the, the gravy. Was, well, there was Gravy Train and uh, 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 Meow uh, Mix and Milk yeah. Bone, all, all Smucker's uh, Big yeah. Heart products. Uh, there. Yeah. You know. Well, a lot of these companies are owned by Purina. You know they're owned by Purina. And, this uh, one, this this group isn't. Apparently, this is Smuckers. And, yeah, but, Smuckers. Uh, but a lot of labels. But okay, and, and, it, and then there is Purina. Sure. And remember that old commercial: if if you have a name like Smuckers, it's got to be good. Yeah, with with a name like Smuckers, it's got to be good. That's right. Uh, with yeah. a name like Smuckers, so think about that the next time you use Smuckers jams or Smuckers. Uh, Peanut butter. Mm, I, 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 yeah, I, I would prefer not having uh, pentobarbital in my uh, jelly, uh, if possible. Yeah, so. there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. So um, we're uh, just about out of time. So maybe another couple of minutes. Anything you wanted to mention that we? Yeah, I do. I want people to realize that Evolution is the only vegan plant protein pet food company in North America that makes. 100% complete for all life stage pet foods. And that's very important because dogs and cats age at different rates, you know, because of their genetic structures and because of who and what they are, you know, because of our contaminated environment. We age at different rates. And I'm talking about physiological age. So that's why it's so important to have a 100% complete for all life stage pet food for your dogs or cats. And that means that all the other plant protein or vegan pet foods, so-called vegan pet foods made in the U.S. and Canada are not 100% complete according to AFCO and according to the Nutrition Research Council. So that's a really important reason to buy Evolution Pet Foods. And I hope that you'll try us out and you get 25% off with your first purchase of dry kibble pet foods from Evolution. And uh, we're approved by Bob Linden. That's right. And Daisy. And Daisy. So, Daisy. Yeah. Yeah. important. Okay, so and and uh, so so it's uh, the website is petfoodshop.com. Yep, www.petfoodshop.com, and you can always call me. At what number? For a free evaluation with your sick dog or cat, if you want non-chemical drug intervention with an illness, we help people for free all over the country every day with their sick dogs and cats. I don't, I don't think you could find a more dedicated company to helping people with their, you know, healthy and sick dogs and cats. But, you know, some people, of course, will argue that. But that's what I think. Obviously, you agree because you approve of what we do and what we sell. And you and are you a family just, I mean, company but, and you've been around 
uh, about 30 years and never a recall. And, never uh, a toxic recall in almost 30 years. You know, since and, 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 and I don't hear about these recalls. You know, you're, you're saying there are, what, about 50 a year on the uh, so-called pet foods out there? Is it, that... Yeah, and flesh-based pet foods and flesh-based pet treats. Fifty recalls a year and, now. And I don't, I don't hear about any of them. That you know, I guess I have to go look at an FDA or USDA website for that. But I don't, I don't see that publicized. I'm not, I'm not hearing about it. Uh, and which this, is... in, this includes now the flesh-based pet foods, flesh-based treats, and the so-called more natural raw foods that are being sold. There was just a raw pet food toxic recall. You know, they sell these toxic, you know, so-called raw foods in the frozen and refrigerated sections mm. of pet food stores and uh, grocery stores. And, you know, just more chance that your dog or cat is going to die from salmonella poisoning or from E. coli poisoning or some other pathogen that's being put in the food, raw, literally raw, and and live, you know, live organism that can kill your dog or cat. So remember, folks, as your dog or cat ages, their immune system starts to fail like the rest of their organ systems. So it's all the more important to feed cleaner food, extra supplements to your dog or cat, and if you have a question about that, don't hesitate to call us at 651-228-0632. Repeat that number, please. 651-228-0632. We assist people at no charge. If you want to donate, we'd appreciate it. But we assist people at no charge with supplement application technology for various disorders every day to people all over the U.S. and Canada. We've been doing it for years. I have 25 years of experience. I'm a former physician. I've been doing studies in supplement application technology for 25 years plus. And um, if you have a sick dog or cat, don't hesitate to call us, whether you use our products or not. Just call us up if you want help. Um, we don't use chemical drugs, and maybe we can help save you some money and perhaps your dog or cat's life if you call us up. We'd, uh, we appreciate it, and we appreciate your kind support and especially Bob's help in spreading the word. And, uh, Bob, you're doing an, an amazing job, an heroic job of exposing a heinous industry or industries, I should say. You know, what could be more important than exposing, you know, the slaughter industry, feed industry, chemical drug industry paradigm? Of and, getting and, and giving the uh, the solution, which, of course, is to go vegan uh, for yeah. all of us, uh, meaning yes, uh, dogs absolutely. and cats in the family, too. So, uh, well, great. So and uh, people should know you have uh, dry food available and canned food and yep. uh, and treats. Yes. And, and treats. And never a toxic recall in our entire history. That's really important if you love your dog or cat. Okay. Well, give us the no the phone number one more time, and then uh, we got to go. 651 
651-228-0632. That's 651-228-0632. Don't forget we're sponsoring the Real Truth About Health Conference this year online, the Real Truth About Health Conference.com. I hope you'll join us. And we're also sponsoring What the Health at the IMAX Theater in St. Paul on February 14th and February 18th. Excellent. Okay. Terrific. Well, thanks for your great work, Eric Weissman of Evolution. And again, the website is petfoodshop.com. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much, Bob, for your great work. Thank you. Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com on Facebook, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, Twitter, 
at Go Vegan Radio. Oh, also on Twitter we have uh, at Radio Bobby Music. Uh, we have the 24-7 music station that you will love at RadioBobby.com. And I'm starting to remember now to tell you that we do have a YouTube channel and there's a lot of great material on it. Go to YouTube.com slash Go Vegan Radio. Coming up, uh, we will talk to Professor Gary Francione about a history of sexism in the animal rights movement. Uh, But first, I have important news for vegans with family responsibilities. And that is that Health IQ uh, is using science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people like... Runners, cyclists, weightlifters, strength trainers, yoga practitioners, and yes, vegans. See, it's a confirmation of what we've been discussing for 17 years on this program. All of the health studies that we highlight and all the health information that we examine. And now here's a company that's uh, putting its money where our mouth is. Health IQ can save customers up to 33% on life insurance. And uh, by the way, Health IQ is the fastest growing life insurance company now with over $5 billion in coverage. And uh, it uh, its advantage is its unique mortality model based on health conscious living, lower rates for the health conscious. It's like good driver savings on auto insurance, a unique underwriting approach that's uh, replacing BMI with waist-to-hip ratios and cholesterol calculations, etc. Um, the website, by the way, is healthiq.com slash GVR, as in Go Vegan Radio, healthiq.com slash GVR. Um, and uh, Health IQ reduces your chance of being penalized for adverse family history uh, if you are otherwise healthy and you can still get special rates if you have a pre-existing condition. Um, so again, healthiq.com slash GVRC if you qualify, learn more at the website. Again, there are special savings for vegans. You can Take the vegan quiz at healthiq.com slash gvr. Okay, we will talk to Professor Gary Francione next. On Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com on Twitter at Go Vegan Radio, Facebook Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, and in your spare time for your musical entertainment, it's RadioBobby.com, Radio B O B B Y.com. Professor Francione, you haven't told me how much you love Radio Bobby. Are you a? It is. It is. It is wonderful, and indeed, I have found the meaning of life. In there radio you go. Bobby. There How's you that? Go. <laughs> How's that for an endorsement? That's Bob. a great endorsement. I will put that through the social media. That'll be on billboards. Uh, find the meaning yes. of life. Listen yes. to Radio Bobby. I'm I'm putting a, a lot more music into it now too. I I go through this whole processing thing where I have to 
turn everything into MP3. So I uh, got a whole bunch more, even though there's like there are thousands of songs there already. More coming, more greatness, more more meaning of life. So um, Professor Francione joins us uh, just about every week for commentary at this time, uh, very often with Anna Charlton. And they have uh, the new book, Advocate for Animals. And uh, we, uh, we, we mentioned to people that uh, we were going to have part two with Wayne Shun on this show, but uh, I don't know, our scheduling got a little mixed up here, so we'll, we'll have to wait on that, and Wayne won't be with us this week. Uh, I wanted to have a part two because I heard so much in the discussion, which was, it was a really fascinating show, which uh, is now archived at GoVeganRadio.com, last week's show, I thought, and, and people were really reacting to it very well. And I actually listened to, back to it, and I thought, this is a fantastic show. Why is that? Uh, it's because I, I wasn't on it that much. It's, it's great. You know, when, when, <laughs> I didn't hear me that much, so I, di- I didn't ruin it. So um, it was a, an interesting discussion, mainly between uh, you and Wayne. Um, and I wanted to have a part two because I was flabbergasted by so much of what I heard. Uh, what was most distressing to me uh, was a point related to his discussions with Josh Balk at HSUS uh, saying that... Uh, what they are secretive about what they really want and and you know they they they're not public with their policies and they they said he said that they use strategic communications which is uh, basically dishonesty as far as i can see because uh what what's so upsetting to me right now we have this uh, campaign in california the prevention of cruelty to farm animals act and um you know, which promotes cage-free eggs, and uh, the strategic communication never seems to mention how terrible cage-free eggs are. Uh, you know, all the males getting ground alive after birth, all the females being uh, mutilated, imprisoned, harsh, harshly confined, and then murdered themselves. And we're selling this as an animal rights campaign, um, as the Prevention of Cruelty to Farm Animals Act. And I've been trying to encourage other groups to to dump out of support for this. And I'm hearing back from people, Gary, who are saying, but, you know, okay, forget about cage-free eggs. It's also preventing the sale of uh, veal. It's only going to be crate-free veal and crate-free pork. So you have to be for that, right? And... uh, Right, right, yeah, right, right, exactly. I mean, look, I, I, you know, I'm happy to have another session with Wayne. I'm not really sure. I mean, we we, we see a very different world, and and the the business about you know HSUS uh, being secretive about its agenda is um, not only silly, uh, but it's wrong, and it's. HSUS is so openly, actively pro-animal exploitation that it would be similar to somebody saying that an overtly racist organization really is opposed to racism. We just have to recognize that they're not upfront about what they're doing and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're being, you know, they're being clever and strategic or something. I, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 beyond silly. 
And um, so like, okay, now we got the two hundred million in the bank for you know promoting eggs. Now we can really talk about going vegan, right? You yeah. Know, well, I mean, look, um, you know, this is how I feel about it. Um, I think that um, you know, if if let's talk about this in the context of any human rights issue. Let's imagine. That, you know, I mean, rape is a serious problem. I mean, even though there are rape laws, um, rape is a very serious problem, continues to be a very serious problem um, in, in most places. Indeed, um, by, you know, it's, it's hard to know because so, ma so many rapes are never reported. But, um, you know, it's certainly it's certainly not going. It's certainly not decreasing as a as a. Uh, a horrible activity in terms of its uh, of its frequency, and if somebody said, "Well, you know, I'm really opposed to rape, but I I, I feel it as a strategic matter. What I'm going to do is promote humane rape, or you know, rape-free Mondays, or or you know, rape before six. I, I mean, I, you know, whatever the nonsense. No, nobody would, nobody would, people would be horrified by that. They would regard it as morally obscene. And so if somebody said, well, you know, I'm really opposed to rape, but I want to be strategic about this, um, you know, it, no one – people would be offended by that and they would recognize it as a human rights violation. It's only in the context of animals where these people who claim to be animal rights activists and these people who, you know, do the chest pounding and heavy breathing and tell us that they're anti-species, they go beyond, they, you know, they're rejecting all speciesism. And, and what they're going to do is, you know, they're going to promote animal exploitation and it's going to make animal exploitation go away. I mean, what are these people talking about? What they're doing is inherently wrong. It promotes animal exploitation and it's morally wrong. As a strategic matter, it is the dumbest thing I've ever I'm heard. With you. I mean, I mean, I mean, indeed, to call it a dumb thing sort of doesn't really <laughs> capture it. Yeah. It, it's, you know, but look, you know, it's a lot of silliness. And and, um, you know, once you tell yourself, as I'm sure a lot of these people do in these organizations, that they really want, you know, they really want a world uh, where there is no no animal exploitation. But they're going to get there by by, you know, all of these 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 uh, pro exploitation strategies and campaigns. I mean, that, that's that's a very easy way to sort of let yourself off the hook. And um, and I think that um, I you know I mean I, I think it's I I actually was uh, astounded in that discussion with um with I mean you you pay more attention to these groups like DXE and stuff that I than I do because I basically just sort of think that they're all pretty worthless but um that discussion was um. You know, on one level, it was sort of funny, but it was very sad. I mean, it was, it, you know, it was sort of comical that he was saying some of those things. But I mean, that's how these, how a lot of these uh, animal advocates or whatever you want to call them, um, that's how they, how you know, that's how they think about these issues. And it's tragic. I mean, but it's a business for them. I keep telling you, Bob, it's a business. It's a business for Wayne. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was interesting because he was saying about how, how 
you know, he doesn't allow, you know, how much he respects me and he doesn't allow people to badmouth me on his page, which is complete nonsense because somebody sent me screenshots of his page and all these people are badmouthing me. And Wayne is liking their comments. I mean, not just being critical. I find I don't care if people are critical, but saying really bad things about me and, and whatnot. But that's the way these people are. Um, and, you know, you can't really, you know, they are who they are. And um, their business. I, I, I was. Uh... I was flabbergasted by the, you know, I, I normally, I don't, I, I don't listen to myself. I hate to admit it, but I rarely will <laughs> listen to my show, but I, I listened to this one because I wanted to hear that discussion again, which I, I thought was really enlightening. I mean, a very interesting discussion. And again, I, I didn't ruin my show by participating. I, I was just listening. And, um, but I was flabbergasted by uh, much of what I heard. And that's why I wanted to invite Wayne back, and I guess we'll do that again in the near future because uh, a lot of questions seem to arise from what I was hearing there. He simply would not accept the concept uh, that you and uh, and I are not in the same movement that he's discussing. You know, so he's saying we have to work with these groups in our movement, but he he won't he won't buy. Um, what what you and I say, which is I'm I'm not in that movement, and and you kept repeating that, but he 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 doesn't seem to uh, understand that it it is a movement separate from me, and you say separate from you, and uh, he keeps <laughs> making it seem like we're in the same movement, and I don't I don't see it at all. In fact, I I don't even know how these groups got considered being in this movement. Then you know I mean like. Uh, yeah, and I and I wanted to go point by point at at when do you draw the line? When is it after how many different policies do you become part of the industry as opposed to an animal advocacy? Well, well, you know, there, there was there, there was this other idea that he had that I I found just, but you know, I've heard it before from these people. You can't be critical of these people who are promoting happy exploitation. I mean, because he was he was basically saying, well, you know, yeah, he he agreed with some of my criticisms of these organizations, but he thought that you know compassion requires that we not criticize people, which is you know, I mean, I mean that's that's um, again that was like sort of like you know the the that was on the the list of top de top ten dumb things. But um, this idea, I mean, just think about that for a second. Let's imagine. You know, um, somebody's doing really bad things to children. And I say, well, you know, we've got to be we shouldn't we shouldn't condemn it. Um, you know, I'm all in favor of not judging people. I mean, my view is, you know, uh, you can't really see in anybody's heart. So, you know, you just ought to stay away from that. And, but you, you have a moral obligation. Not only should not only are you is it OK, you're morally obligated to judge actions, actions, particularly those that violate fundamental rights of others. And. And, you know, the, the idea that, oh, well, we shouldn't – that we have to be compassionate and we can't criticize people who are engaging in harming children or harming the elderly or harming people who are mentally disabled or whatever. I mean, it's just bizarre that – you know, but this is – you know, and I, I've actually gotten – I've gotten a lot of emails as a result of that 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 uh, segment, that, that uh, show, and um, – 90%, 95% of them are affirmative. Uh, but there are some people who are upset saying, you know, well, but, but, you know, of course we're all one movement. And I, you know, I, I don't respond to the, I don't have time to respond to these things, nor do I have the inclination <laughs> to respond to them. But, you know, it's, it, it's sort of bizarre. And, and it really does get me, 
it reinforces my views that there's a real sort of cult aspect of this. We're like, um, if these people tell, you know, if, if people like Wayne or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, these other new welfareists, if they tell these people, their, their, their followers that, um, you know, that if they make palpably incoherent statements, these people just believe them and say, well, you know, that's what I believe. And, and, um, and when you, you try to reason them out of it, um, they, you can't, I mean, you can't, it's, it's not, it really isn't a matter of reason. It's not, it's not a matter of, of, um, logic or reason or sound valid arguments. It's a matter of, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's strange. It's, it's very strange. It's like, you know, let me put on my matching t-shirt. Let me hold my candle or let me go, you know, and do participate in one of these, these actions. And, you know, um, and, and I'm not going to think about what I'm doing. And when, when Wayne tells me that, you know, we have to be, you know, compassionate, compassion's good. So therefore I shouldn't criticize people who are promoting happy exploitation, but it's okay for me to, 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 to be angry and, 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 and it's all right for me to go into restaurants and to, uh, uh, Engage in um, actions which I think are counterproductive at the very at very best are counterproductive. But to engage in actions because those restaurant people are doing bad things. But we can't and it's okay to criticize them, but it's not okay to criticize animal people who are promoting the same sorts of things. I I just it doesn't none of this makes any sense to me whatsoever. It, it and so, seemed like censorship and endorsement of censorship. Yeah, I mean it was it was it was silly. I'm happy to talk with him again. I'll talk with him as you know. I mean I'm happy to to talk with these folks. But um, you know the idea that you know I, I mean it was sort of I, I thought sort of silly. And uh, and I and I you know look anybody listens to that you know if if somebody gets to the end of that and says. Um, gee, I don't know which one of you know which of the positions I favor. Then <laughs> there's really not a whole lot you can say. I mean, um, I, I didn't hear him make any arguments except, you know, we need to be we need to be promoting welfareism and whatever because that's just the way you know we have to be strategic. That's how that's how things are going to change and that um, uh, and and we have to be compassionate. We can't criticize people who are promoting exploitation, except the people that we want to criticize who are promoting exploitation. Um, so we can go into restaurants and yell and, and to hell with the people who own the restaurants because they don't count. But the people who are promoting happy exploitation and who are profiting from promoting happy exploitation, they're okay. So, I mean, look, it, it, when I, I'm going to England this week, I'm hoping to see uh, folks at uh, the University of East Anglia on Tuesday night um, at, I think it's 6 or 6.15, I'm giving a talk uh, on animal rights, and I'm looking forward to that. And it's going to be a big university-wide lecture, which is open to the public, and and part of the um, part of the uh, University of East Anglia philosophy uh, lectures, which are which are sponsored by the Royal Institute of Philosophy. And so uh, animals will be front and center there, and um, and I'm looking forward to that. And when I get back, if uh, you want to arrange another another session with uh, Wayne or indeed any of these folks, I'm happy to to participate. Okay. I do, you know, I, there there is there is something that I wanted to talk about today. Um, I just wanted to, you know, um, I'm very distressed and unhappy to see um, 
and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not gloating over it like some folks are, and I think it's tragic that, um, you know, we, we've seen some some resignations from HSUS uh, over issues of sexual harassment, and there have been some other uh, other things coming up about various people in the movement engaging in sexual harassment, and um, and I think, you know, I think that's a that's a, a problem. Uh, I'm sad to see, um, you know, I I I uh, I take no pleasure in, even though I disagree with um, the folks who uh, have had this problem, uh, I take no pleasure in the fact that they are having this problem. It makes me very sad because this is a movement that should reject that. But you know, I and I'm listening to. Uh, I have heard some. A feminist spokespeople speak out about this, and um, and what troubles me is, you know, in the 1980s, some of us thought that um, the relationships between racism and sexism and speciesism and other forms of discrimination were very profound, and we needed to take a position that that our movement ought to be a movement that took positions on all forms of discrimination. And um, and I remember one of the one of the many reasons, well I, I, not many, there were there were several, uh, but one of the several reasons that I stopped working with PETA was the I'd rather go naked than wear fur campaign, which then I don't want to use the word developed because that's an odd word to use in this context, but that became the misogynistic, sexist uh, campaigns that PETA then promoted and has been promoting for many years now. Um, and when that first started, I saw that as a major threat because um, I, I because PETA was a prominent, uh, perhaps the most prominent organization, um, at least as far as the animal rights movement was concerned. Um, and of course we know that doesn't exist anymore, but <clears throat> to the extent that it did back then, that there was a, uh, there was a difference in terms of the, the animal, it, it, there was a, there was a difference in terms of the animal ethics that were promoted by groups like HSUS and groups like PETA. Um, now there's not all that much difference, but you know, uh, but PETA was a prominent, was the prominent animal rights group. And I was really upset because, um, I did not want to see sexism become part of the animal rights movement, and um, and I objected to the sexism. Uh, I I was very upset about it, and um, it was one of the reasons why I stopped working with Peter. It wasn't the only reason, but it was a it was one of the reasons and a primary reason why I stopped working with Peter, and. Um, and I remember going to some of the same feminists who are now complaining about uh, sexism in the movement and begging them to please, uh, you know, take a stand on this. And I went to Feminists for Animal Rights and I, uh, I begged those people to please that we needed, that this was crucial, that if we didn't take a position, I'm not saying that if we did take a position, it was going to stop sexism. Because that's that, that, the problem is sexism is like air, you know. It's like all around us. It's patriar patriarchy is. I mean, a, a patriarchal culture produces 
misogyny and sexism in every aspect of its existence or manifestation of its cultural manifestation. And so, so sexism is, is a major hideous, horrible problem. But, um, but I, I thought we, you know, so we weren't going to stop it, but I was hoping we were going to take a really strong position on sexism. And so when PETA started this, I was very upset and I, you know, I had major disagreements with my friends at PETA over the sexism and, um, and I got, you know, it's interesting. I got like a lot of the same sorts of things we were hearing what, you know, they were different, but they were similar in terms of, of the thinking. It was like, well, you know, yeah, well, but, but, um, you know, this is going to help bring about, you know, the, the end of animal exploitation. And, you know, this is what we need to, you know, to get people to focus on, on the, the, the problems of animal exploitation. I remember, you know, saying, you know, as long as we're treating women like meat, we're going to continue to treat animals like meat. And the idea that we're going to ever change anyone's mind about this issue through the sexist gimmicks um, was just nonsense. And um, and I dare say I, I, I would, would say this. Um, if there's anybody out there who ever became vegan because... You know, somebody wearing lettuce leaves pasted onto their breasts gave them a veggie dog or something like that. I'd like to know because I've never, I've never heard such a, a, a such a person, such a reaction. And um, but I went to feminist for animal rights and I begged them to please come out that we needed to take a position on this. And they wouldn't do it, and they wouldn't do it because Ingrid was a woman. Which I thought was like an absolutely like the absolutely wrong. Re- I mean, it was that that was silly. That was crazy. Made no sense. And um, and the re- the result was feminists for animal rights never came out and said anything about this until I believe the winter of 1994. I think I think I, I I'm you know I'd have to check to be absolutely certain, but my recollection is it was the winter of 1994. You know, spring 1995, that issue of the Feminist for Animal Rights newsletter where they they finally came out against sexism in the movement. And now if we had done something in 19, I, I the, the, the PETA stuff started in 89, as I recall, it was, you know, it was, it was a long time ago. And um, and I went and talked with I mean, I was I was in fairly constant touch with the Feminist for Animal Rights people. And we talked about this issue many times actually and I just couldn't get them to budge because Ingrid was a woman and they didn't want to criticize her which I think is you know I mean you know that's like saying well you know Margaret Thatcher has hideous you know had hideously fascistic policies but nobody you know we shouldn't criticize her because she's a woman or or you know Sarah Palin had you know I mean what are we talking about here I mean she's a woman so she she was promoting a position which was vile which commodified women and which associated animal rights with the commodification of women and by 95, you know, by, by, by 95, um, PETA was, had, you know, had been going strong with this for some years. And it was basically, that was it. I mean, it was like, you know, and, and I mean, feminist frame rights wasn't, wasn't going to really be able to do very much. I mean, they wrote an, you know, they did an editorial on, in their, their news, their newsletter, but there was really no movement against this, you know, and, and, and so, so now when I see, um, 
some of the folks who identify as feminists telling us that there's sexism in the movement. You know, they're, you know, they're absolutely right about that. And it's horrible. Um, and, and, um, did but Peter ever, uh, did Peter defend itself or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure they did. Um, I mean, what, what, what was it saying? Well, the, the, you know, the, I was, I was basically dismissed as being a, 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 an, I, you know, a, a, an academic who wasn't practical, and and I keep telling people they don't believe me, but I'm the most relentlessly practical person I know, um, and and um, you know, uh, yeah, what they they took the position that uh, the media are very important, and everything you know they did is for the media, and that the way you get media to pay attention is. Um, uh, uh, you know, by these sensational sorts of, you know, I mean, in the beginning, uh, you know, the, the things were, were, you know, fairly tame in terms of, if you look at the, at some of the campaigns they've had since that time, they've gotten, I think, really vile, but, but the, you know, but the ones in, 89, 90, was basically, you know, it was, it was people would show up at these demonstrations and they would have their clothes off and they would have signs that say, I'd rather go naked than wear fur. And, you know, they weren't talking about masturbating with vegetables or about S&M or about any, and there, you know, there were other issues too, actually, you know, it was, it was, you know, I had other, other arguments with them about, you know, they're promoting, uh, uh, people who were supporting them, but who were, um, you know, uh, uh, people who promoted S and M porn and stuff like that. I, I just thought this was a really bad idea. And, but, but Peter's view is, is that, well, you know, that, that it, it was a matter of getting media attention and that's how you got media attention. And, um, and, and, you know, I mean, the proofs in the vegan pudding, it's now, you know, a couple decades later and we're exploiting more animals now in more horrific ways than we were then. I mean, so it's like, this doesn't work. Um, I mean, if if it did work, I would still have a, a problem with it. I don't think we should promote se- we should promote sexism, but it's not it's not doing anything. I mean, it's brought a lot of money to PETA. I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure. I mean, you know, I'm sure that you know uh, that 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 the PETA base, um, you know, finds that sort of nonsense to be you know ch- you know gives them lots of chuckles and they they find it amusing and so they 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 continue to to, to donate. But um, it doesn't do it's not doing anything for the animals. That's that's for sure. And, um, and so, you know, I, and I think, you know, and I, I think there's a lot to be talked about, about the sexism in the movement. I mean, I think, you know, it's a, it's a largely female movement, um, and, you know, which have had, which has had, you know, a, a lot of male leaders and it is not a secret that there's been a lot of, that, you know, that, that, you know, conferences, you know, it's not a secret that there's a lot of predation and, and, you know, and, to the extent that, you know, in, in 90, you know, in the early 90s, um, you know, we had a couple conferences at Rutgers and we tried to sort of get these discussions going about what obligation did men in the movement have um, in terms of not exploiting women um, in the movement. Um, and it, it was very difficult. To, you know, people were really interested in, in um in, in these sorts of discussions and because because we never really were us i mean we're, the, the the problem the, the problem with my way of looking at this was i just didn't re, i really thought we were trying to build a social justice movement i didn't realize it was just a business 
And so I thought, well, you know, these issues were all really sort of important and we needed to sort of ventilate them and we needed to, we needed to, to, to focus on them. And, um, I didn't realize, well, you know, come on, give me a break. We don't need to talk about this stuff. What we need to talk about is donations and, and how we maximize the per envelope donation of, of the, you know, the direct mail we, we send out. And, um, and that, um, I mean, I remember in 1990, maybe 91, it was a long time ago, I was invited to speak to a group of leaders of the animal rights movement. I mean, all of the heads of the large groups, um, basically all of them. I mean, there, there, there are more, there are more groups now than there were back then, but there were quite a few back then. And they had a, a meeting in Boston and I was invited to speak at it. It was presided over by the late Cleveland Amory who ran fun for animals. And I was invited to talk about the relationship between sexism and speciesism because people were confused as to what the hell I was talking about. I mean, they just didn't understand why, what I was going on about. And, and I remember at the end of the, my presentation, Cleveland Amory looked at me like I had, you know, like I was a Martian. <laughs> I remember he said, he said, you know, he said, I don't know what, what you're talking about. We no, we no more have a position about sexism than we do about the Palestinian question. I said, well, we should have a position. I said, we should have a position that violence is wrong. We should be part of the peace movement. We should be opposed to violence against Palestinians. We should be opposed to violence as a general matter, and we should be opposed to sexism. And I remember people thinking, you know, and saying to me, you know, very candidly, um, you know, it's interesting. You know, you got some interesting ideas, but run along, Sonny, because we're really not. It's <laughs> not what we're interested in talking about. Because they were a business. And interestingly, Bob, when I showed up to give that talk, I got there a little bit early. It was in Boston. Uh, as I, I don't remember where it was, but it, it was. I think it was in a, some in a hotel somewhere. And and um, I got there early. And I remember going into the room and they were having a presentation at the time you know, they used to have, they all use these, these, these direct mail people and, you know, they all traded lists and the, you know, they, they would send out, you know, they would send out these, these, uh, requests for donations and stuff. And they had a, they had a, I remember they had some woman there who was a fundraising expert and she was talking the subject of her talk was whether or not you got more money per envelope, per solicitation, um, if you had a positive message in the, you know, in the, in the solicitation, or whether or not you had pictures of animals being tortured or stuff like that. You know, in other words, you get more money if you send somebody information that says, oh, my God, they're doing these horrible things. Give us money to help stop it. Or do you get more money um, if you send a solicitation that says, you know, we've had a victory and, you know, please help us do more, send us money. And I remember like listening to this and thinking, holy God, what the hell are these? And I'm sure that that was the same reaction they had, you know, they had to me was, holy God, what is this guy talking about? You know, he wants to talk about, you know, he wants to talk about making, you know, he wants, he wants to talk about getting rid of sexism in the movement. And, um, and, and the well, interesting it's profitable, they may want to talk about it. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, it, 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 you know, I mean, um, and so I don't know. Echo when I talk, I wonder if my. If I'm... No, I mean, I, I'm not here. I'm not oh. hearing an echo. I, okay. I don't know whether you're hearing it, but um, I can't okay. speak for your ears. But um, but I think, I and 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 the interesting thing was was that 
you know, I was giving this talk because the feminist community, the you know, the the, the feminist for animal rights were simply being silent about things because they didn't want to, you know, step on Ingrid's toes. And, you know, I, I at that point um, considered Ingrid a very close friend, but I disagreed with her very, very much about this sexism business. I disagree with it still. Um, and and um and so, you know, I, I think uh, as a movement, you know, I mean, look, as a society, we've got to deal with the issue of sexism, like for sure. And we should have done that like a couple zillion centuries ago. But but, um, you know, but as far as the what, movement what is the HSUS board voting to keep Pacelli, uh after all, uh, nothing, nothing surprises me with these people. Nothing surprises me. I, I mean, you know, it, what the only thing, as I've said to you before, the only thing that I find curious is why you're always surprised at what these folks do. It's business, Bob. It's business. They, you know, they, you know, I mean, it's business. Um, and and morality. We're living in a strange time, and we're living at a time when people have rejected moral realism, I and mean, we are we are we are in. A you know in the in the the post modern post structuralist world where there is no moral reality anymore you know it it's um it, it you know and and now there is moral reality for me and there's moral reality for you but as a cultural matter morality is I mean it's dead and um and you know I I, I look at cage free eggs as part of that in in a sense I I. I, I tend to draw a line. I say, you know, you're not an animal advocate if you support cage-free eggs. I mean, I think there's such that's like a moral line right there. It seems, you know. Well, I mean, look, it, it's. I believe it is wrong to inflict suffering and death um, on any sentient being without a good reason. Well, we can disagree about what constitutes a good reason, but I think that that I think the idea that harming requires some good reason and some necessity and some compulsion um i think is a you know the statement of a true principle i believe that 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 statement um is is a morally true statement and um and and but i mean i think and if we observe simply that i mean we don't even have to get heavy duty into animal rights if we all just observe sort of that sort of thinking it would immediately eliminate 99.9999 as a matter of the only use of animals we make that is not transparently frivolous i don't think it's right i think it's wrong but the only use of animals that we make that isn't transparently frivolous is the use of animals to find cures for serious human illnesses now i reject that on both moral grounds and on empirical grounds but I think that that's the only thing, you know, that's the only moral question that requires a little bit of nuance. <laughs> the rest of it's all easy. I mean, you know, if animals matter morally, you can't eat them, you can't wear them, you can't use them, you can't use them for entertainment, you can't kill them because, you know, you think it's humorous or convenient or, you know, I mean, you know, and, and, um, and, and so, you know, I think that, um, uh, you know, I believe in moral realism. You believe in moral realism, and and but we're living in an interesting time that most many people don't. I think a lot of people still do, but but many people don't. And these organizations are trying to sort of be organizations that take moral positions, but they don't want to offend anybody 
And so they don't want to take any moral positions which might offend anybody because that's going to screw up their their donate you know their that's going to limit their their donation base. And so as a result what they end up doing is basically you know they they want to be all things to all people and they end up being nothing to anyone and I mean you know and they end up you know you end up with with you wind up with immoral morality. Right you 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 end up with you know promoting cage free eggs and Paul Shapiro writing books about clean meat. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, you know, it's, it's, and you have Wayne Shun, who's busy telling us a couple weeks ago about how radical he is, you know, and, and there he is right on Wayne's. One of the things I really want to ask Wayne is how can he possibly think of his organization as anything, but simply yet another new welfareist pimping exploitation group when he's promoting Paul Shapiro's book. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about here? Wow. And, and so, you know, that's where, that's where you end up. And so, you know, and you end up with, with um, these, uh, you know, these guys, um, you know, uh, uh, engaging in some of, you know, you, you, look, I mean, the problem is, as a movement, we have not rejected violence yet. And that's that's shocking to me. And because of that, um, you know, we're seeing that, you know, and because because we don't want to see the connection between speciesism and sexism, um, you know, we, we've got these people, you know, we've got these executives doing all sorts of of, of things and getting themselves in trouble. Um, and and, you know, I mean, it's 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 tragic. I mean, I, I think the animal movement is a. I, I would I'd like to I I was gonna say a joke, but it's so much worse than that. Well, it's <laughs> tragic. I mean, yeah, I it, it is it is truly tragic. Is it tragic I comedy. I don't know. It's you know I sometimes mean, you gotta laugh not to cry. Uh, I mean, it's it, it is tragic. I mean, it's 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 truly tragic. And, and, and um, I don't know what how it gets the right to call itself an, an animal movement again. I'm just so perplexed that. You know, it's not an animal, I, I, Bob. That's what I've been telling you. It's a business, Bob. It's not a movement. It's a business. It's you get a bunch of people together and they say, "We like animals. And we want to focus on animals." But it's a business. So what do you do? You sell ideas that will sell. You 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 focus on the ideas that will sell. Well, you know, again, this is not rocket science. This does not require a degree in marketing. It does not require high high training in anything other than being able to you know see simple ideas and and if if you got a bunch of people and they want to make money off of the issue of animals what's the best way to do that well by telling people who care about animals that they can continue to exploit animals as long as they give money to the people who say that they care about animals and they want to make things better i mean it doesn't take a lot of thinking it doesn't take a lot of you know complexity it's quite simple and so you think it's, I, I mean, I did too. I did, I, I once thought of it as a movement and I was wrong. <laughs> and I simply don't think of it as a movement anymore. I think of it as there's a bunch of us out there who are trying to change the world and who have a vision of what that change ought to be. And, you know, although there are differences, I mean, you know, the, 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 those of us who are in that camp are basically people who, who favor nonviolence, 
who reject other forms of human discrimination, um, who don't want to see people being uh, promoting uh, happy exploitation, and at the center of our advocacy is promoting veganism is a matter of justice. Okay, that's us. Works then for me. There's, then there's the business. There's the, there's the people who are making a living off of this stuff, and their motivation is very different. I mean, you know, their, their motivation is very different, and their strategy is very different because they're trying to do something very, very different. They're not interested in changing the world. They're, what they're interested in doing, and what they've talked themselves into is that by, by promoting the things which bring in the most amount of money, that's the best effect, you know, that's the best that they can do for animals because it's having the most effect. And, and actually, that's simply wrong. Yes, you can bring in a lot of money if you tell people that they can continue to exploit animals. Um, and, you know, if you tell people, you don't need to stop eating them, you don't need to stop wearing them. So, you know, you can eat your ice cream, you can wear your leather, or your wool or whatever. Um, and, you know, just give us money. And, and you know, people say, yeah, wow, that's good. I want to be an animal advocate. You know, I mean, the number of times I've had people say to me, oh, you know, you're the animal guy. I'm a big animal lover. I'm into animal rights. And the first thing I always ask them is, are you vegan? And they say, well, no, but, you know, I give money to The number of times I have had people say, no, I'm not, but I give money to PETA. Or no, I don't, but I give money to Mercy for Animal Exploiters or whatever that, that, that group is called. Or, or you know, and, and, but I give money to these groups. The answer is, right, okay. You know, um, you're an animal person because you give money to them. And so that's, it's really, I mean, it's not a movement, Bob. That's not a movement. That's a business. Mm. And I, I wonder if the new acting CEO is vegan. Although, you know, I think we'd be better off if uh, some of the leaders of that uh, movement weren't vegan because, I don't know, people kind of get, yeah, I mean, they say, oh, Wayne is vegan, Paul is vegan, so they must be doing the right thing for animals. John Mackey is vegan, Gene Bauer is vegan. So, you know, I, I almost rather that some of the leaders of the, of the of this animal exploitation movement weren't vegan. So. But, but Bob, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. It really wouldn't matter. It's it wouldn't matter. First of all, I don't even know whether these people are in fact vegan because I don't. I mean, the way they use vegan. Uh, I mean, you know, if you if you look at the way you know Friedrich and Shapiro and all these other people use vegan, it's basically consistent with the idea. Well, you know, you eat animal stuff. Um, it, it, it's not vegan the way I understand veganism. I mean, you know, it's basically you know what I understand is veganism. You don't eat them, wear them, and use them. They call that pur purity. They say you know that they they reject that. So I don't know what it means to say that they're vegan. I mean, when they say they're vegan, I don't know what the hell that means. I don't either. Um, and so, so I don't. I really just don't know. So I, I'm not at all sure that they are vegan the way I understand that term, the way you understand that term. I'm not sure of that at all, actually. Well, if we say not using animals, you know, every time they promote uh, cage-free eggs or enriched battery cages or whatever, sure. they are sure. kind of using animals, aren't they? Sure, absolutely. And, and, and you know, um, and I, I was reading some, you know, and it just, it, it ends, it it's also bizarre and so confused and so tragically, um, so tragically confused. I was reading today about some activists in Europe who um, are busy, you know, threatening farmers, things like that. And um, and these are these people 
promote some of these organizations um, in Europe that are basically the same, you know, the, the, um, they're basically the happy exploitation approach to life. And I was thinking how bizarre that is, that, you know, they think the farmers are a problem, but they support these organizations that promote, that, are, that, that actually promote a segment of the agricultural industry. And they think that the farmers are a problem and their mothers aren't vegan. So the farmers who supply the demand from their mothers and their cousins and their friends who aren't vegan, they would be horrified if someone suggested that their mothers and cousins and friends should be threatened. But they'll threaten the farmers who supply the foods which are demanded by their mothers and cousins and fathers and brothers and friends. Mm-hmm. I just I don't understand it. It is it is beyond bizarre to me. Yeah, that, that's why I don't understand when when people protest at a slaughterhouse, they go to the slaughterhouse and say shut down. Well, right. it's not going to shut down until there's no demand. They're not going to say, "Oh, we didn't think about shutting down." That's right. We are we are right. I mean, it's, it, the way the way I always say it is. Industry is cap, you know, they're capitalists. People want beef, they sell beef. People want bananas, they sell bananas. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, they're indifferent. You know, if there's a if there's a demand for bananas and there ain't a demand for beef, they'll sell bananas. So you know, the 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 thing is, is that um, this you know, it's the same thing. It's like you know, DXE, you know, being all rad as it is, it's such a rad organ, such a radical organization. You know, DXE goes in and sort of, you know, it performs its theatrical stupidity in a restaurant and ends up getting, you know, and, 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 or, 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 or shows up at some restaurant and assaults a a guy who's, who's acting as a, you know, an employee. Um, and they, you know, they get involved in some, some, some fray with him because, you know, they're trying, you know, because he's he's the face of the restaurant and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to make people aware that the restaurant serves animal products. Um, and yet they support the very groups that promote animal exploitation. So, like, it's OK to go into a restaurant and behave like a knucklehead. I mean, and engage in and engage in conduct, which I think is not only not helpful, but counterproductive. And. You know, to go in and act, you know, to, to, to engage in this, this silly behavior, at the, at the same time, they're promoting organizations that promote animal exploitation. And then when you call this to their attention, they say, well, you got to be compassionate. Well, okay. I mean, okay, fine. So you're telling me I can't criticize the people who are promoting happy exploitation. No, you shouldn't do that. Okay. Why is it that it's okay for you to go into the restaurants and behave like knuckleheads and sort of get aggressive with people and whatnot? And he says, well, because they're animal exploiters. I mean, honest to God, um, it's as if the what you what you would call the movement, what I would call the business, these folks have their heads so deeply lodged up their institutional rectum that they cannot see the light of day. I mean, they cannot think their way out of a paper bag with the top open. It makes no sense. But this is what we got. This is what we got. And, you know, but I keep telling you, that's not the movement. That's the business. That's well, the business I, I, side. I noticed I'm, I'm, I'm not in it, but they keep claiming I am and that I'm divisive and that you are and you're divisive and I'm, I'm just not even in it. I, I can't 
relate, you know. Bob, let me let me explain something to you. If any of these people ever said I wasn't being divisive, I would be horrified <laughs> because um, the only morally acceptable thing to do is to be divisive in the face of corruption, dishonesty, dishonesty, and the promotion of injustice. That simple. I like and it. So there we go, Bob. But now I have to finish my presentation, which I'm giving next week, and um, do eighteen thousand million other things before I leave. Okay. Well, you can always and, just play a recording of this if you uh, run. Yes, run I, out yes, of time. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I yes, I could, and, and um, I could, and I look forward to talking to Wayne Chun. Um, and and anybody, I, look, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I mean, I, I'm always happy to talk to. Um, you know, Wayne was Wayne was saying, "Well, have you ever have you ever talked to these people?" No, Wayne, I've been doing this for 35 years, and I haven't talked to them about it. Um, I've talked to plenty of them about it, um, and Wayne may be surprised that they're not really interested in you know they're not interested in my views. Uh, indeed, um, they're not interested in my views. To put it mildly. Uh, because I'm not interested in their business. I'm not I'm not interested in 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 their you know I'm not interested in whether or not they can make more money per solicitation by you know telling people that there's some victory or by telling people that there's some horror story I'm just really not interested in that this is not what interests me at all yeah. is that I'm their, their effective altruism I think uh, effective uh, altruism yeah exactly right. yet another yet another um, <laughs> it, it, yet another morally problematic concept which. Um, you know, is used um, to justify um, an enormous amount of moral obscenity and bullshit. And I apologize to bulls everywhere for, um, for 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 using that expression in that context to describe that behavior. But um, but I think I think that um, uh, you know it it it's I I do think. That um, you know, I've been I've, I've talked to these people. As a matter of fact, I wrote as, as I, I think I said to Wayne, I, the whole point of writing Rain Without Thunder was that was like basically a, a book length le letter that I was writing to my colleagues in the 1990 in what I thought was the movement and saying, people, come on, wake up, we're letting it, you know, we're 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 collapsing into a welfare movement, and and basically the response of the movement was, yep, that's exactly the way. We want, you know, we like it this way. We don't want it to change. We don't care that you want it to change. We don't care how you want it to change. We like it exactly the way it is. Hmm. And um, thunder. And now we have Wayne without plunder. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, we have Wayne creating blunders. Yeah, but, Wayne creating blunder and and Pacelli yeah. like uh, Wayne without plunder now. Yeah, uh, well, after, yeah, after well, plundering exactly. for so long. So yes, ex exactly, exactly. And you know, look, I think it's sad that you know when I read those stories about uh, uh, the the uh, claims against Wayne Pacell and the claims against Paul Shapiro made me very sad because you know I I. I'm sorry that, um, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I, I think it's very tragic. On the other hand, um, you know, these guys are, uh, you know, it's a business. And these they're, they're corporate executives. And, and um, as any woman, I'm sure, will be happy to tell you, corporate life um, is, 
you know, there's a lot of a lot of sexism. There's a lot of misogyny, and it's sad that that the animal movement hasn't escaped that. But it's a business, and um, and it made a very conscious determination in 1989 that commodifying women was going to be part of the quote movement end quote, and it ain't a part of my movement. And um, in any event. All right, Robert. Okay. I will, I will talk with you when I get back, and I look forward to my my second conversation with Wayne Shun, and um, and anybody else, any any of these other folks you can get to come on. I'm more than happy to talk to them. I'm more than happy to have them have a go and explain to me how it is I'm divisive. I just would love to. Oh, I I agree. I am divisive, but why I shouldn't be what they claim is divisive. Well, you know, I, I, and again, I I know you have to go, but just just. The reaction we 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 there's there's this group uh what is it the animal protection rescue league and brian peace and you know we've been contacting people uh it he and it are supporting the prevention of cruelty to farm animals act and uh we we we're, we're really questioning how anybody how any animal advocate can support cage-free eggs and as i said he came back to us and said yeah but crate free reveal right you know so uh to which gary francione would say bullshit um <laughs> i mean i mean look the reality is you know europe has moved away from the veal crate as a general matter why because the veal crate is an inefficient thing you're much better off having the calves in a small social unit where they can have contact with each other. It causes your veterinary costs to go down. Veal, veal crates are really veal crates are economically inefficient, and moving away from them really has nothing to do with any moral issue. It's an economic issue. But I mean, the the the. But you know, look, these and, and these now it's become guilt-free veal. So so veal used to be so uh, prohibited, and but now we're we're helping it uh, surge again. What's interesting is in the 1990s, one of the few things that you know that the animal movement had actually succeeded in doing, such as it was, was sort of demonizing veal. You know, I mean, it was like everybody who ate. I, mean, I, I never made any sense to me. I I didn't understand what the hell difference was between veal and anything else, but. But for a lot of these people, it, it was significant. And so you had you had people who said, ah, well, you know, veal is really horrible. We've gotten people to, to think that veal is really horrible. And then as soon as that happens, you get the animal movement comes in and says, yeah, but we could have red rose veal and we could have this and we could have that. I mean, it is just – it's a – Shameless. I see it being sold as veal without guilt, and yet right, it's it's just the babies shame. are taken away from their mothers at right. birth, and their their babies are killed, and how how you know how it's a, the the movement is nothing but a shameless promotion of animal exploitation, masquerading under the guise of morality. It's nothing but obscenity and business. And the only thing they're selling is they're selling the animals out. That's all. Anyway, I'm obscenity. Okay, all right. Enjoy your trip to the UK. I certainly will. I certainly will. You be well. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you, Gary.
Okay, that'll just about do it. Another episode of the most important radio program in the history of the universe. Um, only because we can save your life and save the animals and uh, the environment. Uh, so it's, uh, it's just our strategic communication of fact about Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. And if you would like to support the most important radio program in the history of the universe, you can do so with a tax-deductible donation, or you can uh, participate in our Patreon program. All the information is at GoVeganRadio.com. I want to thank Andrew Sutton for his... uh, help on the show, audio uh, professional uh, work that we're getting from Andrew to make this all possible. Thanks to you for listening, and we will talk again next week. Again, the website, goveganradio.com.